And as you can kind of tell, I'm moving in more towards the controversial end of dark matter. Dark matter isn't the only hypothesis as to why we have these wacky rotation curves for galaxies. There's another hypothesis called modified Newtonian dynamics or modified gravity, MOND, MOG. I like to say MOND. This changes Newtonian gravitation to fit rotation curves. Now, how it does is that we have uh, regular Newtonian gravitation is familiar to pretty much anyone taking you know, an advanced physics course in high school or undergraduate physics courses in college. We have, uh, you know, force is equal to uh, a constant G times the product of the masses, mass of the star, mass of the planet, divided by the separation distance between those two squared. That's where we get that tapering off of speeds, how, you know, Pluto seems to go so much, so much slower than Mercury. Uh, this equation predicts it beautifully. MOND is different from the fact that it is very similar to Newton's F equals MA equation, where it's replaced by instead F equals M, and then we have some wacky constant times uh, acceleration constants times A. So it's kind of like a speed of light thing, where the closer you get to the speed of light, wacky things happen. This is sort of the reverse. The, the less acceleration you have, the more MOND is apparent. But this is one of the problems with modified Newtonian dynamics, is it has an intrinsic property where we're not actually able to detect the predictions made by modified Newtonian dynamics in the local solar system. One of the reasons why Newtonian gravity is so uh, well-regarded is because it works, damn it. We can see it. You can throw a brick across a room, and according to Newton, you can throw it in such a way that it will... Newton's theory will exactly predict the person's head that it's going to hit in the stands. Or, alternatively, you can use an egg or puppies or whatever analogy you like to use. Is this bad science? to take what we see, rotation curves, this problem, throw in what I think is kind of like an ad hoc rationalization. Well, we see these things. Here's an equation that describes it. Okay, well, that seems like good enough science. The problem is, is that it has no predictive power. It doesn't say, you know, well, what, what's going to come out of this modified gravity? All it says is that we think we understand gravity, there's no way to test it locally, and it just solves a problem. It's more like a placeholder, kind of like the singularity for a black hole. All the scientists are saying, who are proponents of modified Newtonian dynamics, if I'm not misrepresenting them, is saying, we don't really know. So they're putting a placeholder of these equations and theory in there, as opposed to the dark matter, which, again, has been mapped by Hubble, and you can see pictures of it with gravitational lensing and all sorts of things. They seem to be making a very ad hoc rationalization for their theory. As I said before, gravitational lensing supports dark matter, in that it warps space in such a way that you can see galaxies very uh, bent around these uh, uh, spherical distributions of dark matter or gravity. These galaxy clusters so massive that when light coming from behind these clusters uh, interacts with it, 
it gets bent around, and we can see uh, virtually behind these galaxies. Dark matter also warps space through gravitational effects. Galaxy clusters with enough dark matter act like big lenses in space. A good one is uh, the galaxy cluster Abel 2218. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. Is you have this big galaxy cluster, and you can see off to one side of the image a lot of very arced galaxies, very a lot of distorted galaxies all around. This is exactly predicted by dark matter theory. Exactly because of the amount of mass, the distribution of it around the galaxies, and it doesn't, like, it's, it's not built up in such a way that it's a very ad hoc rationalization. It was predicted by this, whereas Mond already sees it and says, oh, well, that's just because of this. Recently, uh, something called the Millennium Run was done, and it was a simulation of universal evolution. Supercomputer was told, here's the instructions of what we think the universe is, crunched for six months. And what it did is it generated a universe similar to ours, including massive dark matter halos. This is very interesting. I really recommend trying to find uh, some of this stuff. You can find um, the videos, which are very compelling. There's uh, new videos, uh, Via La Seta, I believe it's called. Uh, we'll link to it on the uh, onto the main website of the podcast, but the, the case in point is that these simulations are very beautiful and they show the uh, very networking, kind of like soap bubble fragments left over from the Big Bang, and again, there's another tenet predicted by Dark Matter. So the future of dark matter is very bright. We have lots of ways in which to branch out into the universe, lots of questions to solve. We're only just getting our teeth into this into, into this science, into out there. We're only just beginning to discover the universe. Dark matter and correspondingly dark energy are the forefront of physics in the world. Now, we don't know what dark matter is, and we don't you know, really claim to know at this point. We've got some good uh, candidates. We've got uh, you know, some theory to back it up, but we can see its effects. So we know it's out there. We can see it. If only we could just get our hands on it. And dark matter is also ripe for Nobel Prizes all over the place. What is dark matter composed of? How does it interact with things? Where did it come from? What applications does dark matter have? We brought up these questions earlier when talking about nucleosynthesis. We know where regular matter came from. We know where we came from. Where did this dark matter come from? Entire books and perhaps entire libraries could be filled with matter or matter about matter or things just concerning all sorts of normal day things pens, chairs, carpet, you name it, it's made of matter. What about the things that aren't made of matter? In the universe, regular matter, you, me, the sound waves emanating from your iPod headset through the air into your ear canal, and the electrons passing through your neurons in your brain to interpret the things that I'm saying to you, 
All this is matter. And all this is comprised of less than 5% of the universe. The universe is made up of roughly 25 to 26 or so percent of the universe. Dark matter makes up 25 to 26 percent of the universe. Think about that. Think about how big of a fraction that is. Dark energy is even bigger still. But that's not what this presentation is about. This presentation is about dark matter. But what is dark matter? Dark matter is the limit of our understanding at the moment. It's the expanse into the cosmos which, which, with which we have yet to explore. It represents possibilities. It represents questions. It represents the slew of answers that we could get from these questions. And all of the different possibilities in which this could change our lives for the better. Thank you.